Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Eye on the Tigers podcast here at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm Ben Fredrickson, joined by a very busy Dave Matter, who I think set the uh, record for number of stories produced on the Mizzou beat in a 24-hour span yesterday with all of the news going, going on in Columbia. Um, Dave, this was supposed to be us looking forward to the Mizzou-Georgia game. Um, that has been postponed due to Missouri's COVID situation. There's also news about the Bragg and Rights game um, with, uh, with um, the good news being that that will be played this season, but a little different look to it. We'll get into that and also kind of where this football season stands. Oh, by the way, Missouri's uh, signing day for basketball, Consul Martinson, latest class in the fold. And uh, I'm sure I'm probably missing three other things that happened um, in Columbia <laughs> the other day, man. Yesterday was a blur, right? We're recording this on a Thursday, but Wednesday was crazy. It, it was. I mean, it's like so busy for a day where nothing really happened in person, at least. I mean, you're writing about games getting canceled, a signing class that, you know, all these kids had already committed, but at least for the first time, Conzo Martin was legally allowed to talk about these players, and he did. And I mean, it, it was at the point where they had a Zoom with Conzo to talk about the signing class that, that kicked off at the same exact time Eli Drinkwitz was addressing the canceled Georgia game on the SEC conference call. Um, it, it, I almost put one of my 10-year-olds on the Zoom to uh, have him ask questions of Conzo while I talked to Drinkwitz. So it was, uh, it was one of those days that's kind of wild. You look up and it's 4 o'clock and you still have you know, three things to write. And then, oh, by the way, then the Bragging Rights news comes out. So fun day. I mean, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I could use maybe a breather here. And I guess I'll get one Saturday because there's no football game to cover. Let's start there. Um, you and I both were kind of under the impression that Missouri was in a decent spot entering this game against Georgia for a few different reasons. Yeah. One, they had played so much better at home than they had on the road. Two, Georgia had just come off of a, a bad loss at Florida, which, yeah, they'd be out to prove that that's not really the, the best version of themselves. However, a team like Georgia, you're playing for the national championship, and that had been taken away yeah. from them with that loss at Florida. So that was out the window. So you wondered if maybe they would be down a little bit. And three, Georgia, Georgia's been pretty beat up injury-wise. It lost a lot of players from that defense that is very good, and their offense just hasn't looked very good all season. So you kind of liked Missouri's chances going into this game, but then you know you find out that this game's not going to be happening until – December. Hopefully, we'll see if the when the exact uh, rescheduling is announced. Hopefully, it will be able to be played. This is not a situation at Missouri where there's COVID cases all over the team. It's you know they're not threatening to not have enough players on the roster as we're seeing in some other SEC programs right now. This is one of, I believe it's it's four games now postponed this right. Saturday, correct? But Missouri's situation is a little bit different. Why was this game postponed? How is this different than maybe what we're seeing at some of the other campuses? Yeah, you know, the term outbreak gets thrown around a lot, and that that is accurate to describe the situations. I, I think it's fair to say at LSU, at Auburn, at Mississippi State. I mean, Auburn and Mississippi State were supposed to play each other, and they both have outbreaks where they had to shut down team activities this week. Um, LSU had to cancel or postpone its game against Alabama. That game may not be played at all. Uh, and then Tennessee and Texas A&M. A&M had a bunch of cases within its roster. But Missouri, same result, can't play the game, but it's not because of an outbreak. They would have had – they would have hit the 53-player threshold to be able to play a game. That wasn't the issue. 
they would have been a little bit over that. It was the, the individual position group threshold that they couldn't meet. And there's three of those set up by the SEC. Quarterback need to have one. They had that. Offensive line, you have to have seven. And they were close there. Defensive line, you have to have four. And that is apparently where they were missing players. Now, I was told earlier in the day, because of contact tracing, they only had two positives. And one of those positives was a player who wasn't even going to play in the game. I, I imagine that's because of an injury. Um, but those two positives sort of ensnared at least four more players in, uh, in contact tracing who are going to have to quarantine this weekend and wouldn't be available for the game. And when you combine injuries plus just attrition that they've had on the roster, um, they have had one opt out on the defensive line and then you throw in contact tracing, they were going to be down to three scholarship players for one position group. Now we didn't really know which one we could sort of deduce it. And then Jim Sterk went on the Paul Feinbaum show and just made it clear. He said the defensive line was short on numbers. So sort of let the cat out of the bag there. And, and so that's, that's the problem. They just didn't have enough defensive linemen. And Drinkwood said they, they practice, they are practicing this week. So it's not like these other schools where they can't do anything. And he said they, they tried to make it work and it was just obvious that it couldn't. So they have to submit their roster available players to the sec every day and then the sec makes a decision from there and i guess it's kind of a joint decision that hey this isn't right you don't have enough guys in this position it's not safe to play um you know you just can't play with that few players that at a position like that where there's so much physicality and so much contact and so much hitting um so yeah they couldn't play the georgia game and it's unfortunate because like you said georgia i think is vulnerable right now they're not going to be any closer to the playoff if you play this game in December, but they might be healthier at, at the same time, Missouri might be healthier too, because they've had issues on the offensive line and, and missing a few D linemen, obviously too. This Missouri football team has already had one game rescheduled because of COVID. That would be the Vanderbilt game, which was on the Vanderbilt side of things. Now a game postponed because of the Missouri side of things against Georgia zoom out four sec games postponed this weekend more games postponed than played. There have been more than 40. Um, that number's gr quickly growing. Um, FBS games yeah. postponed this season. Um, we're entering a stretch of time where nationally our numbers for COVID are, are up. Hospitals are in as much of a pressure situation that they have been this, this whole outbreak. Um, and it's expected to, to not exactly get better anytime soon this winter. We're all of course hopeful for a vaccine as soon as possible. However, what is the likelihood of this current trend impacting, you know, things like bowl games, impacting things like late December games between teams that are not in contention for the college football playoff? Do you think we could get to a point where these games aren't played later? Yeah, there's a chance for that. I mean, Greg Sankey was asked a lot. The SEC commission was asked a lot on Wednesday about maybe pushing things back, pushing playoff games back. And he was pretty resistant to that. Uh, he talked a lot about finish lines and December 19th is the finish line for the SEC as far as that championship game. It doesn't sound like they want to move that back. You know, the concern has to be there's still five weeks left of the, of the regular season. And if you have this many problems in week, whatever we're in right now, if you can have them again next week, there's no guarantee these teams can all be back. Now, Missouri, they think they can be back for the South Carolina game. Three of the four players in quarantine, I were told there's a good chance they will be able to be available to get those numbers up, I guess, at the defensive line, um, because the way that the 14-day the count is started, uh, 
So, but that's not necessarily true for every other team. So we know the bowl situation is going to be crazy this year. Um, some bowls are, are not going to happen. We know that. I, I think Sankey said yesterday that Las Vegas bowl, it sounds like that that's a new bowl for the SEC this year. Sounds like that may not happen. Um, they're going to treat bowl games much differently. It's going to be more like a road trip where you just go in for one or two days instead of, uh, instead of a week-long trip with all the festivities and activities. It's basically just going to be a non-conference game for the teams that, that are chosen. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's the fear that you can't finish this thing, that you're not going to be able to make up some of these games that have to be moved around. Right now, I think Mizzou would be in a good position. You play in that Vanderbilt game on December 12th, which was the universal SEC bye week. And then when the championship game is being played on the 19th in Atlanta, Missouri could play Georgia. Both teams are not eliminated from the SEC East right now, but they're not in the driver's seat by any means. That's Florida. Florida has a one-game lead over Georgia, and really that's a two-game lead because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. And that's a three-game lead then if you include the tiebreaker over Missouri. So Florida would have to lose twice, and Georgia would have to win out to have a shot at at anybody but Florida, you know, being in the, in the championship game. So those teams could meet on December 19th. And then you really got to wonder what is Georgia's motivation? Like you said, they go into every season expecting to make the playoff. Uh, this was, this would have been the earliest they played Missouri with two losses, I think in five years. And uh, you just have to wonder like, is winning five or six games more important for Missouri than winning eight games is for, for Georgia. And if it is, then I, you know, that motivation factor could weigh into this matchup. Yeah, I can't imagine. Play. I can't imagine Georgia being real fired up to play on SEC championship weekend, but not in the SEC championship. Um, that would. Uh, <laughs> you also wonder too, and I'm. I do, I wonder about this. The later these seasons go, I think you're going to see top level NFL prospects start to bail. Um, I think you're yeah. going to see guys on teams that were having a hope to play for the national championship, if that hope goes away and their stock in the NFL is pretty set, I think you're going to see guys opting out mid-season. I think you're going to see teams that are, that are no longer in contention for what they hope to play for, whether it's the championship of their conference or the college football playoff national championship. I think you might see teams that are not in a good chance to, to get where they want to go start to relax some of their protocols, not from the team, but from the player side of things. Are guys going to be as right. diligent in not not going out, not going to parties, not getting having get-togethers that are that are just the team? Um, you know, those things were a big worry for Major League Baseball, where teams that are eliminated going to be, you know, being more lax. Well, the season was so short, and everybody and the expanded postseason made it so easy to get in that I think that deterred some of that. But in college football, you know if you're on a chance to make the playoff or not. And teams that are aren't, I wonder, you know, are they going to hold up their end of the bargain? That's going to be very interesting as this progresses moving forward. We're seeing right now, I would, I would imagine, some fallout from guys getting out and going to Halloween parties. I mean, that's what, that's what LSU yep. talked yep. about. They've, I saw Ross Dellinger, who, who we know well from his time in Columbia, a dear friend of both of ours, reported that, LSU is tracing its outbreak back to what they think was a some sort of a Halloween party, which those are happen those were happening on campuses all across the country. So college football, if it doesn't, if it doesn't buckle down, it's gonna be this is gonna be how it finishes with a slew of postponed or canceled games the, the rest of the way. Um, we'll keep an eye on that. An interesting kind of subplot of this is what's gonna happen at at Florida 
with with Barry Odom be, and his Arkansas team being one of the few teams that SEC teams is playing this weekend. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman, he's he's out with he's got a positive test for COVID. Thankfully, seems to be asymptomatic. But that means Barry Odom will be in the driver's seat through uh, a return to the swamp, which the last time he was there, he got a pretty big win, Dave. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting game. And that turns out to be the best game of the weekend in the SEC almost by default. Florida is, is really playing well. Great offensive team. Barry's got this Arkansas defense um, playing better than anybody expected. I mean, they just pick off passes, it seems like, every series. And uh, playing with a lot of confidence. I mean, that team's already – what, they're – Three wins, um, you know, they hadn't won an SEC game in, in years, and uh, he, he deserves a lot of credit for that. So it'll be fun seeing him down on the sideline. He's been up in the press box this season as coordinator, and it, even in the last game, the camera, like, panned up to the press box to show him, and he was sitting between, like, the window pane, so you couldn't even see him. You just saw, like, his shoulders, but now his, he's out. He's going to be front and center down on the sideline. And he, it's, it's just the way that team is playing and knowing how players generally react to him. They play hard for him. You know, he, we, we can talk all day about how the missteps he took as a head coach, but players do play hard for him. I mean, they, we heard it all the time. So I, I would suspect that he'll get a really good effort down there in that game at Arkansas. The other interesting side note is with Pittman being out, you get to add somebody from your staff into a position coach role, and that's going to be Michael Shear, uh, former Missouri linebacker, MICDS kid, great guy uh, who followed Barry down to Arkansas as a quality control defensive coach. Well, now he gets to – I don't know what job he'll have. I think he'll be in the press box up there on the headset, which is great for him. Great young coach. Um, Arkansas, lucky to have him. I think he's going to have a great career as a, as a, as a coach in this game for, for as long as he wants. Yeah, I'm excited for 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 Mike and and thrilled that he gets that opportunity. And I think we'll be talking about him as a coach um, it, at a, at a big school in a bigger opportunity before too long. So um, there are yeah. some former Mizzou players who are climbing those ranks. I mean, um, you look at uh, you know Kendra Jackson as another guy who is who has transitioned to that coaching role. Um, you know, you have Rob Steeples at DeSmet. Um, there there's some guys yep. from recent Mizzou years who I think we're going to be talking about in coaching roles soon. That's kind of our early look at Dave's most interesting SEC game of the week. I'm guessing it's going to be that one, Dave, um, because uh, there aren't really many yeah. other ones to pick from. <laughs> I, I think one angle to look at South Carolina Ole Miss, South Carolina loses that game. There's already sort of these rumblings out there about Muschamp's future. He's got this $13 million buyout, which might be the only thing saving him. And the fact that athletic director Ray Tanner did hire him, but Tanner could be on the outs if South Carolina wants to, commit to paying uh, in the middle of a pandemic buyouts and things like that and going out and having to hire a new coach. Uh, it's, it's not looking great for Muschamp there. And it's not a shocker. I don't think anybody, when they made that hire, thought, oh, wow, that, he's going to turn around that program and be a great hire just because he kind of fizzled at Florida. I like, I like Will. I like covering him. I like when the weeks that he plays Missouri, you know, it's, I like talking to him. He is no nonsense for sure. But he's, got, he's got some personality. There's no doubt about that. Um, but he could be in trouble if they lose that game to Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. Yeah, that that hot seat situation is going to be one of the more fascinating ones this year because of the yeah. the pandemic and the the emphasis on on finances. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Another thing that I think isn't being talked about enough, Dave. We're going to transition here to basketball. I think college basketball is going to be you know looking at football right now and going, oh, this is scary. 
because this is a sport yeah. that has a smaller roster. Um, a lot of times players on the team live together. So you could have three or four houses holding your whole basketball team. Um, you also have these, you know, protocols rolling out, which are similar to football, you know, 14 days quarantined after a close contact, which in college basketball, that's your whole team. If you're practicing that's with everybody. your whole squad together, yeah. um, also playing indoors, which is going to make things a little tougher than, than football. So with that in mind, we're seeing things like the women's basketball team at Mizzou quarantined for 14 days at, at one point before their season can even start. Same thing for SLU's bas- women's basketball team here in St. Louis. Um, this is going to be a herky-jerky college basketball season. And as we were starting it, we were wondering what these schedules were going to look like. We were wondering if a tradition like the Bragging Rights game might get, might get postponed completely from this season. They are going to play it. A, um, a coin yeah. flip Thursday night. So we're recording this Thursday morning. A coin flip Thursday night will decide which campus it's on. So stay tuned for, for that. But also, you know, unique that it's going to shift to a campus. Now, I'm confused as to why this game can't be played at Enterprise in St. Louis when Missouri can go to play at a casino um, for one of its other games. Uh, I, don't, I don't get this exactly, but they are at least they're going to play it. It's going to be on a campus. I'm glad that it's uh, glad that it's not being tabled completely. I think that was a possibility this season. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, both initially I heard it was Illinois that was apprehensive about playing in uh, at Enterprise Center, and then from you know what I gathered from Missouri, they they shared those sentiments. They just didn't. The, the term I heard was they just didn't feel like they wanted to be guinea pigs at a building that hadn't hosted an event in it'll be about nine months. Uh, event of this caliber when both schools and both conferences are they're being controlled and, and governed by all these really strict protocols that won't necessarily apply at a neutral site game. Well, then you wonder why, why can they play in Connecticut when Missouri is going to play Oregon, they're going to play Boston College, and then Virginia Tech is part of that too. But from what I understand, Mohegan's son, they've had other events there, um, not necessarily college basketball games, but they, they, it's not hasn't been basically a vacant building all this time. And Conzo Martin said the other day, They've had a lot of long talks with the people there, ensuring um, and getting all the answers that they needed in order to agree to play there, which that leads me to believe they weren't getting those same answers at Enterprise necessarily. So I'm just glad they're going to play somewhere. Now, the downside is that no fans. Can you really have Bragging Rights game without fans? Well, it's not going to be the same thing, but it's a game. It's a game that I think Missouri needs. They, they need a good non-conference game. They're going to get really they're going to get two really good ones in Oregon and Illinois, both nationally ranked in the preseason poll. Um, but it, it adds um, it, it adds to their strength of schedule for sure. You know, they're playing two teams that have won back-to-back uh, conference championship tournaments in Bradley and then uh, Liberty. Those are two good, you know, uh, mid-major teams for sure. But this just adds some oomph to the schedule for sure. I mean, Illinois is a Final Four caliber team. I have them, I have them like 15 in my – in, in my AP poll and it's probably as low as anybody. And, and I probably undervalued them because I, I, I do think they're going to be really good. Uh, so yeah, this is, a, this is a good thing for Missouri. Just unfortunate. No one's going to be able to see it in person. The game is December 12th. It could end up overlapping with the football game um, and yeah. the location TBD. So by the time you guys are listening to this, you might know it already because that will be Thursday, Thursday night. Another little interesting tweak to the Mizzou basketball schedule. It sounds like based off a report from Jeff Goodman that Missouri's game against uh, Wichita State this season will be against a coach not named Greg Marshall. Jeff Goodman has reported that Greg Marshall will be let go 
um, from Wichita State after recent allegations of his mistreatment of players, um, both verbally and physically. Um, folks who had watched the you know, Arch Madness sideline displays by Greg Marshall will not be surprised that some of his conduct came under, under question. Um, but it sounds like yeah. Missouri will get the benefit of playing a Shockers team that is both not playing uh, in front of fans in a really hostile environment, but also with a different coach. So a game that looked to be a really tough one is maybe looking a little easier for the Tigers. Dave, I wanted to touch a little bit on the signing class Conzo has brought in. Um, there is some news there. Yaya Kieta, the big man from DeSmet, um, we had heard about this. Um, he had confirmed it. He has torn an ACL, which means he won't be playing his senior season here in St. Louis, but hopes to be good to go by the time he's a freshman at Mizzou. Your thoughts on that news and just this class in general, which we knew had, had been committed. There's no surprises there, but your thought on the Kieta news and also yeah. this class as a whole. Yeah, it's unfortunate for him. I mean, if there is a, a high school basketball season, which is still a little bit up in the air, sure. um, but you know he's gonna he's gonna have to be recovering and rehabbing. And ACL injuries aren't what they used to be. And he's a guy that his reputation is, and I've heard this a lot from his coach Kent Williams there at Desmet, and and Conzo said the same thing the other days. This guy is a weight room, you know, warrior. Like he is all those cliches. Throw him out there. I mean, he like. Kent Williams, as much as he didn't want to say the cliche, he said it. He's like, he's the kind of kid you got to kick out of the weight room because that's all he wants to do. I mean, it works on his game too, but he is, uh, he, he's ready made for a major conference. You just look at his body. He will step right in and they'll have a role for him on the team next year, provided that he's healthy. And gosh, if Connor Bazelak can uh, play like he's playing after tearing his ACL in a late November game, then, you know, you would hope that uh, Missouri's docs and medical team can get can get Yaya ready to go too, but it's an interesting class. It's, I think they're ranked 39th nationally, um, better than last year when they were barely ranked at all. A lot of that is just because of the high volume of the class. They're all three star players, depending on what site you look at. Uh, Brooke, Anton Brookshire, the Springfield guard, he's ranked by rivals, I think, as the number three player in the state. If you look at 24 seven, uh, or I probably had this flipped around, he, he's the number three player in the state by 24 seven rivals. Uh, they don't break it down that way as much, but they have their top 150. And Kieta is, I think, at 144. And he's the only kid in this class who's in the top 150. So there's no blue chippers in this class. There's no Michael Porter Juniors or McDonald's All-Americans. But you do have guys that I think, if they are as good as what Missouri hopes they be, you, they, you think they can fit into Conzo's system. Uh, got a combo guard in Brookshire who can help because they're going to they're gonna lose some guards. We know that, Drew Smith and uh, and Mark Smith uh, and, and Drew Bugs, who, who joins the team this year. Uh, Trevon Brazil, I think I'm saying that right. He's his teammate down in Springfield, uh, a guy that just, if there was a normal AAU circuit this summer, he really would have blown up. I mean, he, he sort of did uh, on the little travel circuit that there was. Just super athletic, 6'8 wing type player. Sean Duragordon, he is the guard from uh, Queens. He is unique situation he's enrolling in January so he will be with the team once conference play begins but the plan is for him not to play and just redshirt even though it won't even count as a year of eligibility so they could play him and he could still be a freshman the following season uh, but they feel like they don't need him to play unless like Congo said unless they have like, that COVID outbreak and, and they need him to play then he could but that's not the plan uh, who am I leaving out then that for oh and then Caleb Brown who is a little bit under the radar. I mean, Missouri fans are familiar with him just because he's Kobe Brown's brother. 
plays for his dad down there in Huntsville, Alabama. Another combo guard. Um, Conzo throwing out the name Draymond Green when he's talking about him. And uh, he said he's not the only person who's made that comparison. A friend of his in, in the coaching world had watched Caleb Brown play and, and made the same comment. So very, very high praise. We're talking about a perennial all-star with the Golden State Warriors. So obviously they see something in him. He's multi, uh, multi-talented, versatile. I think you'll hear that with a few of these guys. So we'll see that they're going to have to play a big role on this team going forward because Missouri loses five seniors off the current team. That is half your rotation. So uh, they're going to have to plug these guys in right away and expect contributions from them immediately. Last time I talked to, to Conzo, I said every year, every offseason, you come up with the, something you want to kind of do the following season. We've heard him talk about wanting to deepen yeah. his bench one year. We've heard him talk about, you know, wanting to, to, to be better at the three-point three arc one year or take more three-point shots. Now, they took a lot last year. They didn't make very many of them, so that's a huge – huge thing for, for this upcoming season, but he always has something he's tinkering with. And I asked him what it was this year. And he looked, he said, uh, he said, yeah, I got one W I N win. <laughs> so, so that's the, that's, that's the, the plan. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty, probably a pretty good, pretty good focus. And uh, I'll say this, you know, there's not going to be a lot of hype about Mizzou. Um, SLU is going to get some hype. Well-deserved. They got a good team coming back. Illinois. I think a lot of people are, are going to pick them to be a top four, you know, final four type team. Conzo's teams tend to be the ones that, that get overlooked the most. And, uh, and that's yeah. probably where this team fits in. They've got a lot of guys back, um, a lot of guys with more experience now. He tends to do better with older, more experienced teams that know how he wants them to play. Um, so you, they're, they're not going to get the accolades and the roses, but they might be, they might be in, in a position to impress. And that's certainly what he's hoping to, to see from him and hoping to get out of him. So, the good news is there'll be that bragging rights game. That'll be a good early, early measuring stick for, for both of these programs. I think Missouri is, they, they're going for three in a row now, right? Uh, this, this season, um, or have they won three in a row in this, in this one? Um, I, I think Conzo, I think he won his first one. I want to say he lost one, then one, one last year. I, I, I've lost track. I, I should know this off the top of my head, but it's escaped. <laughs> yeah, I should have looked that up before I said it. Um, anyway, it'll be good to have it, and uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that they're going to do it. Hopefully, it'll be back in St. Louis moving forward. I hope this isn't uh, a, a start of a pivot toward campus campus, although um, hopefully it's not that. Dave, keep up the good work. We will talk to you um, uh, next week and hopefully have some, some football to talk about after we hoped uh, we, this was coming back from a bye week and instead there will be uh, another week off. But uh, we'll have uh, all Mizzou angles covered with basketball starting up soon here at the Eye on the Tigers podcast. Um, for those who are finding us for the first time, check it out. You can find us stltoday.com slash podcast or anywhere you find your podcast. Just search for Eye on the Tigers. You should find us there and uh, we will uh, we'll be here weekly dave anything else before they're we going, go they're going they're i looked it up they're going for three in a row missouri was right. the last two they lost combo first year so there you go you were right i should never doubt right. you very rare that i'm right um I'll, I'll take it dave keep up the good work man hope you get a, a little bit slower news day today um but i wouldn't guarantee it um but you're you've got it all covered at stl today and we'll, we'll catch up next week all right sounds good see you guys thanks